Hi everybody, and welcome to Mecha Dragon, a podcast about all the geeky and nerdy stuff you love. Brought to you by Captain Geek and the Dark Nerd. I'm your Captain Will. And I'm your nerd, Jess. Today we're talking the rise of Skywalker. Specifically, uh, we are recording this on the 16th of December, so it's like three or four days. 1994. <laughs> 2019. The, the point being, this is an episode about theories uh, of what we think might happen in The Rise of Skywalker. To be totally clear, we do not know what happens in this movie. We have not seen this movie. We just love geeking out about Star Wars and uh, theorizing about what might happen. Uh, so that's what we're going to do. Now, I understand that there has been some information online that a lot of people believe are leaks, uh, whether it's from the script or some other source that tells us things that actually happen in the movie. I will tell you right now that I have purposefully avoided looking at that information. It could be misdirection, but I don't know, and I don't want those things to be spoiled for me. Nevertheless, you know, we enjoy theorizing about it, so potential spoilers for Rise of Skywalker, but if you want to geek out along with us and listen to what our theories are and get into this conversation about what's interesting and what we think the movie, you know, needs to do, you're in the right place. So um, with that said, why don't we get into it? So of course, uh, where we left off with the, uh, with the Last Jedi was that the First Order had really rocked the Resistance and uh, Ray basically got away with a uh, Millennium Falcon full of people, which were basically what was left of the Resistance, right? Luke passed on and became one with the Force. Force ghost. He got ghosted. <laughs> yeah. And, you I know, guess, and cut... I guess that's probably the best way to be ghosted, if you think about it. I, th I think it would be. And Kylo Ren is sort of the de facto, you know, head of the First Order at this point after killing uh, Snoke. So here we are. Now, what we're basing our theories on are mostly the trailers that they've given us. But, I, you know, we've also looked at some YouTube videos of theories, and um, I've read some articles uh, with interviews from, like, J.J. Abrams, who directed it and, and co-wrote the script and things like that. So that's the basis for what we're going to be doing. Uh, did I miss anything, Jess? Um, I don't think so. Okay. So I will start with a quote from this article in the New York Times that came out really recently. And the title of the article, if you want to look it up, is Will Star Wars Stick the Landing? J.J. Abrams Will Try. Uh, and the quote from the article, uh, it's like one or two sentences that I'll read, is the story of this Star Wars film, which its creators and stars described in a series of interviews, is one in which inadvertent decisions lead to unintended consequences. It is a tale in which history repeats itself and destiny can be outrun for only so long before it must be confronted. I am going to uh, stop here for a second and just uh, give everyone an advisory that uh, my uh, infant daughter is homesick from daycare today, so she may be making her uh, Baby Yoda sounds uh, in the background. As baby Yodas are wont to do. As baby Yodas are wont to do. So, um, you know, if you if you hear a little bit of that, um, it is because she's uh, playing over there doing her thing. Yes, stifle your baby hatred for the remainder of this episode. <laughs> yes, stifle the hatred of babies. So, um, so where do you want to start, Jess? Um, 
Oh, there's just so much. Because it is, you know, wrapping up a trilogy of trilogies. It is. The Skywalker and, Saga. Yeah, and it's one of the largest stories and fandoms in many different forms of media uh, across the board. And it's basically been around for 40 years. And in that 40 years, it has affected generations of people. So everyone kind of connects to Star Wars in a certain way, regardless of if they like the movies, they might like the games. They might be into the books. They might be into this or that. But everyone knows what Star Wars is. And I think everyone is connected to it in a certain way. And if you come up across someone in the world, I never watch Star Wars. I don't like Star Wars. Just delete that person out of your life. Get rid of them. <laughs> right. You don't need that in your life. That type of person obviously has no imagination. I so, do not endorse that. So if you're listening to this and you've never heard of Star Wars, uh, listen to it again. Well, I think that uh, amongst your trolling, you did make an interesting point there. <laughs> uh, when you said uh, something to the effect of, you know, everybody uh, has their own different connection to it. Right. Uh, to Star Wars. And I think that's important to bring up because Star Wars means so much to so many different people that I think that it's going to be really hard for this movie, especially this one, which is, you know, the the final movie in this trilogy of trilogies in the whole Skywalker saga. It's going to be really hard to please everyone. And that's true for any movie, I think, to a degree. But I think that that's, that problem is enhanced in, in this type of a situation. And so I am expecting backlash. Yeah. Now, I don't know how widespread the backlash will actually be, but it does seem like the people who really hate something tend to be a lot more vocal online, and that's how you sometimes get th this like toxic fan culture. Not just in Star Wars, you know, but you, you take your pick on, on fandoms, and you'll probably see it in most of them. I'm expecting so, a Rotten Tomatoes score of at least seven or eight. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's interesting, uh, you know, what that could all mean. So, and I have seen some indication in various articles where they're saying, well, like in that New York Times article, you know, J.J. Abrams. Yes, baby Yoda. Just, you just stay over too. there by the phase converter. Um, <laughs> but like, even in that New York Times article, J.J. Abrams admits that he's not great at endings, right? Like he is no, he, like he really knows how to start a story. But he's not that great at ending. So I feel like maybe there's a little tiny bit of PR where they're, like, anticipating backlash. Right. Uh, however, look, I'm going into this movie without, like, look, I have my theories and stuff. But really my goal in going into the movie is to have a good time. Right. And I'm trying to not hold it to some type of impossible standard that it could possibly reach. I'm not yeah, saying... I I think a lot of ways the culture of fandom has, you know, it takes itself too seriously sometimes. And we get upset and offended and we have to yeah. run to the keyboard and become a keyboard warrior. And, you know, I didn't like the end of Star Wars. I'm going to send J.J. Abrams a death well, threat. I mean, I, I think know? that's right. Uh, and on the other hand, it's like, look... I, as I said, you know, Star Wars is so many things to so many different people, and that's great. And I think that's one of the great things about Star Wars. But it makes it, 
it makes it almost impossible for it to be all of those things for all of those people. Inevitably, you know, the movie is going to be something other than what some fans preconceive it to be. Right. Right. And and look, whatever you like is totally fine. I think you should like what you like, and I have no problems with that in terms of, you know, Star Wars fandom or any fandom. But that's just kind of the way that I think about this backlash. I feel like it's inevitable. I feel like you got to give the filmmakers a break to an extent um, <laughs> when they're when they're making this stuff because they do have an impossible job, but that doesn't mean they can't take the thing that they're doing and execute it incredibly well. Right. It's just that that thing that they're doing may not be the thing that every single person wants them to be doing. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, it's totally makes sense and it's guaranteed that some people are going to come out of the movie theater going ah oh, damn it yeah but it's like when i go into a theater you know that's why every time especially since we started doing these reviews on movies it's like we'll walk out of a theater and the first thing you walk out the door is kids are like what's your favorite part what's your favorite part and they're like jibber jabber and then they ask me like what's your favorite part and i'm like uh i don't know i you know i still gotta suck it in and you know, digest it a bit, and uh, that's why I always like to watch everything twice, because the first time I'm there, I'm just there for the experience. I try not to yeah. be critical, unless it's a glaring, like, really, you did that? Uh, something <laughs> stupid like that, but most of the times I'm just there, you know, buckle in and yeah. eyes open, like in Clockwork Orange, you know. Yeah, so um, let's get into it. And by the way, uh, for our listeners, we are going to be doing a uh, review of, uh, you know, review and discussion about Rise of Skywalker after we see it. And I believe we're both going to see it on like the 20th or the 21st yeah. uh, this coming weekend. So we're going to try and get the episode out by uh, as quickly as possible after that, let's just say. Yeah, and so, I live in the middle of a cornfield in Ohio, so I should be able to sneak in the back door of some theater somewhere. At least. Find a showing. At least, Yes. So if if this is going to tie together the whole Skywalker saga, okay, yeah. I think that there are things that it needs to address from all the previous movies, okay? So the first of these is the prophecy in The Chosen One. Right. Right? I mean, that was huge in the prequel trilogy, and, you know, obviously um, Anakin was supposed to be the Chosen One. Okay, we'll get into that in a minute. The other things I think it needs to address is since the trailers have shown us that Palpatine is going to be a part of this final movie, how is he alive? What are his right. plans? How does he fit into the story? Okay, so I think that's uh, what it needs to address. I think that it does need to address Ray's origin a little bit further. A lot of people don't seem happy about—well, regardless of who was happy and who wasn't, coming out of The Last Jedi, I think that her origin is still a little ambiguous. Yeah. And it, since it was set up as kind of a big mystery and, you know, she's still obviously like one of the, you know, biggest characters in these movies, I think that they're going to address it. So I think they have to do that. Yeah. And I think that's one of the main things that's going to be un unveiled in this movie is, you know, her heritage because it's it's been discussed since we've seen her on screen. Yes. You know, and that's been her drive in life. She's been wanting to find out who she is, who her parents are, where she's from, and it's definitely going to happen. And we'll get into the theories behind that later. Yeah. But uh I'm just laying out the like yeah. the, like the topics first. Yeah, so But in a lot of ways, you know, I feel that this 
uh, trilogy is more of a Ray trilogy and less of a Kylo trilogy. Interesting. You know? Interesting. I mean, they're both like the top two, mm-hmm. but I think the scales lean more towards, you know, because we already kind of had Kylo's great unveiling, you know, his reveal. He pulled off his mask like well, we'll a Scooby Doo. And you found out who he was. I think I think it's going to revolve around the both of them, but we'll get into that. Um, yeah. So okay, so other things I think it needs to address: How will the conflict between the Resistance and the New Order conclude? Like, how's that going to play out? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's you know going to be there's going to be space battles. I guarantee. Um, <laughs> so what's Luke's role as a Force ghost? How much of Ray's training are we going to see? Or just like the topic of Ray's further training, I think that they have to address that. And I think that they will. I think that some of the trailers have showed us some of that. There's also the relationship between Ray and Kylo or Ben. There's Kylo's obsession with Vader. And on that note, here's a big one that I think they do have to address. What is Anakin's role going to be in the movie? Now, as far as Anakin... How do you think he's going to be in the movie? As a Force ghost? Or, I mean, obviously. You said he's going to have a role in the story. I think he will. I think he has to. I also have some burning questions. Burning uh, So from the trailer, we saw, like, Dark Side Ray. So who is mm-hmm. Dark Ray? What's that all about? Uh, how are they possibly going to work in scenes with uh, Leia, since Carrie Fisher has passed away? Right. Uh, what's going on with C- C-3PO's red eyes and those wires connected to his head, that whole scene yeah. from the trailers? Where the hell is R2-D2 through this movie? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's that's basically it. So let's, let's get into some theory crafting. And then okay. at the very end, I have some predictions. Oh. I think first of all, let's talk about the easy one. Princess Leia. Obviously, this I'm going to assume it's hard to say these days with uh, the recent developments in film in Hollywood. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and jump out on a limb saying Princess Leia is no more in the future of Star Wars from here on out. That's not to say they couldn't bring her back de-aged in a show in, in the future, you know. You'd I just never. don't think they I just don't think they will. Now they've already said that for this movie they did not want to do a digital Leia. Right. And that what they are doing because it seemed impossible to do this last movie without Leia at all. Right. And so what they've said is they're using scenes that were cut from The Force Awakens. Yeah, using all the extra footage they have to piece right. together whatever. So right. obviously she's going to probably die in this in this movie. We'll get to see Leia die. I don't think we will. No? I think that, no, I, I think that there will be a scene, probably like one scene, maybe two with her and like Ray. because if there was a scene cut out of The Force Awakens, it was probably with Ray, like after right. she came to the base and talked to her or whatever. And I think possibly Luke's uh, Force Ghost. I think there's even odds that he'll be in that scene too. Right. Now, if Leia were to die, would she become a Force Ghost? I mean, if how, she knows uh, what, how. What determines? If she knows how. Now, in the prequel movies, it's established that, like, Quagon Jin found out how to do it, and then Master Yoda taught Obi-Wan how to commune with his Force Ghost so that he could learn how to do it, too. So basically, that's like the final stage of mastering the Force. It seems like a skill that you can learn, and you could probably only do it if you're very advanced to begin with. Right. Um, so, unless Rey is taught how to do it, 
then that's or a no. maybe that's like one of the final steps. And after they do that, then they learn how to turn water into wine. And well, then I they become it's... a force ghost. And the end of this movie introduces Jesus Christ. Well, I think it's kind of a moot point because I really don't see Wraith dying in this movie. I mean, it's possible. Well, I meant Leia, not Ray. Oh, Leia. Oh, okay. Yeah, got it. Yeah. I don't see I don't see Leia dying in this movie. I mean, she'll pro they might have like also like have a shot of her like all the way at the end or something. Yeah. And that's it. I, I don't I don't think that Because she died before the last movie came out, right? Or was she, it right yeah, after Yeah, she died uh December twenty seventh, twenty sixteen. So she came out she died like right like with right the around week. the time. Yeah. Okay. Uh so anyway, you were saying yeah, I don't, like, obviously, since that came out, like, two days later, or before her death, I'm assuming they didn't have a uh, tribute to her, you know, like they did the Stan Lee thing, so they're probably going to work that into the movie. Not that that has anything to do with the movie itself, but mm-hmm. just might be something to look forward to. So let's just quickly address R2-D2. There is, like, one shot of him in the trailers, if memory serves, where he's just standing next to C-3PO. I, I'm sure that he's going to have some role to play in the movie. He's not going to be, like, deactivated the whole time like he was in Force Awakens. Well, it, I um, I don't know. It's hard to say because it's like he just sat there and did nothing like he was stored in a warehouse until Ray showed up. Well, in yeah, I mean, he's Force a fan Awakens. favorite character, though, so yeah. you're not going to do nothing with him. That's all right. I'm saying. Just wondering, like, is he going to find love or <laughs> is he going to... Maybe. You never Sacrifice know. himself. Actually, I wouldn't be surprised if he does, but I... I, I don't think he'll die. So what should we address next? How old do how long do Wookiees live? No, never mind. We don't have to get it there. All right. Well, let's go to things the movie needs to address. Right. So let's let's just start with the big one: the prophecy and the chosen one. Yeah. I think it definitely means something that Anakin was an immaculate conception, right? right. Like his mother Shmi told Qui Gon that there was no father. And then Qui-Gon comes back and tells the Jedi Council that he was a virgins in the Force. And he believed that the Force, cre- you know, created him or something. And so I don't think that that is just going to not be addressed. I, like, if they're... You don't think it's one of those instances where a uh, woman cheats on her husband, doesn't want to admit what happened, so she lied about it and created a religion? <laughs> I don't think that's what happened, no. Okay. Because that's um, happened before. Sure. But I just feel like if this is supposed to wrap up the whole saga, the trilogy of trilogies, it's got to address that. I mean, that's just hanging out there as like the biggest, it's like one of these biggest like loose ends. It's like one of these biggest loose ends. So Now, at the end of the first trilogy, or second trilogy, as far as the timeline goes, was the prophecy fulfilled then? Or was it still left hanging at the end of... Empire. That's that's the thing, right? You could interpret it a couple ways. First of all, did Anakin bring balance to the Force as the Chosen One was supposed to do according to the prophecy? Well, you could say that, you know, maybe he did that when he supposedly killed Palpatine, or at least defeated Palpatine at the end of Return of the Jedi, right? Because right. then that gets rid of Sith control, the last Sith, and uh, at least for the time being, and Luke is free to then, you know, kind of restart the Jedi Order and bring peace back to the galaxy on the other hand you know master yoda in attack of the clones in attack of the clones yoda said that the prophecy might have been misinterpreted Mm -hmm. right if so so then that means if 
Anakin isn't the actual chosen one, then who is it? Well, you could also say, well, it could be Luke, because when he was talking to Rey on that island in The Last Jedi, he even said, he was talking about what happened after Return of the Jedi, and he was talking about how how he started training, you know, new people to be the new Jedi, and he said, um, and for a while, there was balance in the Force. So if there was balance in the force then 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 that could have been luke who did that because luke did redeem his father at the end but it would seem kind of silly for if that's the prophecy and the prophecies fulfilled it happens off camera you know what i mean well well no i mean uh, the the act of redeeming his father and defeating palpatine is the essential like action that brought balance to the force in this in this interpretation right well obviously it wasn't eternal balance because here we are with another sure sure so so that's why there's also i think a case to be made that okay luke wasn't even the chosen one that it might actually be ray or even kylo ben solo it could be either of those two so you could interpret it that way but i actually have a theory that anakin is still the chosen one and he still has an important role left to play that will solidify his role as the chosen one which we can get to when we talk more about anakin oh weary yes but going back to anakin's birth as you know having no father this immaculate conception there's a few possibilities because i do think it is meaningful in some way it was either the doing of the force itself basically like quagon said right Mm -hmm. like the force was his daddy Uh, or it's possibly as to be revealed in this new movie, Episode Nine, the doing of Palpatine through secret powers he learned from his master, Darth uh, Plagueis. Right. Now, it seems clear to me that, like, if you go back to that scene, which, by the way, this is J.J. Abrams, who is directing the new movie, has said that this is his favorite scene out of the whole prequel trilogy, that opera scene where Palpatine is talking to Anakin and manipulating him. Right, uh, And it seems clear to me that he only knew that Darth Plagueis story because Palpatine himself was the apprentice who killed Plagueis. Right. Which suggests that Palpatine does have these special powers to extend life that he told Anakin about, even if he maybe misrepresented them slightly to manipulate Anakin. Right. So... So I'm also thinking that even if Anakin is not the chosen one himself, he's definitely an important part of the prophecy or like a vessel through which it could help the prophecy come true if we're taking the view that like one of these new characters is actually the chosen one or even if it was just Luke, hmm. right? So anyways, that's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of uh, tinfoil hat stuff. Yeah. Um, but I actually think that it's not a stretch to say that Palpatine was Darth Plagueis' apprentice. Um, as far as the chosen one, I think, I think it being Luke or Anakin, I don't know. It's hard to say. You you just brought up an interesting point with having Anakin still with a real strong role to play because I hadn't thought of that at all. You know, so mm-hmm. and now I'm just trying to wrap my head around well, what could it be? You're talking about Luke's role now? No, Anakin. Oh, Anakin. Yeah. Because yeah. you said maybe if it wasn't Luke. Or maybe it wasn't Anakin, maybe it was misinterpreted, so then they thought it was Luke, Should... but maybe Anakin still was yeah. the chosen one. But I think I think it's going to have to be Rey. My vote's on Rey. Okay. 
I, I think that's perfectly plausible. Um, so, okay, so should I just get into my theory about Anakin since we're talking Rock about it. him? Okay, first of all, will he be in the movie? I think he will. Uh, now, we know that he did become a Force ghost, as we saw in Return of the Jedi right. at the end, because Luke redeemed him in the end, and he came back to the light side of the Force. Uh-huh. Um, and we also know from various other pieces of Star Wars canon that the Sith cannot become Force ghosts. Okay. Okay. Now, I, like I, I think I said, I don't think that he will be in much of the movie. I think it'll be saved for a, like, especially dramatic moment, okay? But I do think his appearance will be super important. Well, I mean, look at uh, Luke from The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end where he just showed up. He, like, rematerialized, you know, a, a hologram or whatever you want to call it. Um, but it's highly plausible that Darth Vader could do that too. And just, you know, walk into a room and be like, what's up? (laughs) People will go, oh no. It'll probably be less casual than that, I would guess. (laughs) But I think that it would happen around the same time in the movie in terms of like the climax. Right. Right. Uh, Because it is such a big uh, moment. So what I think is, if he's going to be in this movie, here's my prediction. He will appear to... Uh, Kylo, or Ben, his grandson, at a dramatic turning point. And by influencing... So first of all, Anakin is in a unique position to influence Kylo. Uh, well, Kylo basically worshipped him. Kylo basically worships him. Uh, and also, you know... That was his poppy. And also, I think that, as far as I'm aware, and you know, in the canon of these movies, Anakin is the only... Jedi, and certainly the most powerful Force user, who went down the light path and the dark path. Right. And so he has a unique perspective that he could leverage in talking to Kylo, and with Kylo basically worshipping him as his, you know, role model to begin with, he's going to have a little bit of sway. And so I think that he'll come influence Kylo at a critical time and by doing so, will fulfill the prophecy and bring balance to the Force. Hmm, interesting. It's, there's this also this idea that was in some of the Expanded Universe books that I don't know or I don't think are canon anymore, but there was this idea of the Grey Order, which was mm-hmm. an order of Force users that didn't subscribe solely to the light or the dark side, but tried right. to have a balance. Right. So, you know, possibly... Like Mace that, Windu? Yeah, like possibly like that kind of comes out of this this whole movie is like this concept of the Grey Order, possibly. Um, and it does seem like Luke's, Luke or Luke's Force Ghost would be on board with a Grey Order type of a deal just from where he seemed to be philosophically in The Last Jedi. Right. When he was training Rey. So, well, as far as, as, far as uh, bringing order to the Force, I think that would be the way to go. Instead of being decided, balance. yeah, balance. Because mm-hmm. um, if the gray order was something that arose as the new power, and the majority went that way, that would be a balance. And then you yeah. have your light side and dark side on the extremes in the fringes. So I think that's a good mm-hmm. idea I hadn't thought of, but it also kind of goes along with my theories. But I don't know if we're ready for that yet. But are you done on, on that thought? 
Yeah, I just, I kind of wondered what your reaction was to this this theory I have about Anakin being in the movie. And, I, uh, I don't know. Like I said, it's, it caught me out of left field. I hadn't uh, mm-hmm. thought about it. I haven't seen any theories on it. It is interesting. And it kind of, when you were talking about it, it made me bring up the question that maybe we could get into now. Like, what are our theories on uh, Rey and Kylo? Yeah. Because in half of the trailers... They're decidedly fighting one another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In another half of the trailers, they're decidedly fighting with one another. So I wonder if maybe with your Anakin theory, if that's kind of the fulcrum point determining which way Kylo's going. I think it is. uh, In my prediction, it is. Yeah, because you see in the in the uh, one of the cool scenes I saw in the trailers was when they're like in there's that X-wing that's kind of like skipping across the ocean. You know, it mm-hmm. looks like it's missing part of its wing, and it's, they're actually using it as a boat because it probably can't fly. <laughs> and they're headed towards the Death Star. You the know, wreckage that is, of the Death the, Star, yeah. it's yeah. crashed in the ocean. And then, of course, you have the scenes of Rey and Kylo fighting on the, you know, wreckage sticking up out of the water. And then you have the scenes of them in the throne room, or the Emperor's room, which is, I'm assuming, where they're going to meet Palpatine. Yeah. I, um... And the shizzle will hit the fizzle. My yeah, result. so, I mean, that's definitely one of the things they have to address is the relationship between Rey yeah. and Kylo. And so I think that, you know, it, in the beginning, they definitely are still in conflict, but it does feel like they have a strong connection. So in a way, <laughs> I know it's not set up quite like this, but in a way, it's like the 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 Kylo-Rey-Finn uh, love triangle in a way, right. but it's like the friend angle, the friend yeah. triangle, I guess. Um, the Fernangle? The Fernangle, yeah. But no, I think they, I think they have this this interesting connection that uh, became you know so strong in the last movie. So I think that they will start out in conflict, and they'll remain in conflict until you know that moment with Anakin. In which case, at which point, I don't know that they'll necessarily be working together. They might just be working in parallel, or you know maybe he. Um, he takes an action which allows Ray to, you know, go further and succeed. So you're saying at the end, when credits roll, a little mini prediction, when credits roll, do you predict them hand in hand <laughs> fighting together or begrudgingly uh, respecting each other but still at odds? Well, I think either one of them will be dead or... Oh, oh. Uh, there's, there's, three, there's three options here. Either one of them will be dead. Mm. Or they'll hook up and make some new Skywalkers, uh, or at least the implication will be that they might make some new Skywalkers. I don't think that's legal in Hollywood in 2019. <laughs> they'll have to go with or, the black guy. <laughs> or, um, right, I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of romance, honestly, uh, yeah. if any. Uh, but I never really, I never really saw their connection as a romance. I mean, it's obviously confusion. Yes. There's probably some attraction, but it never really fully blossomed and i really hope it doesn't yeah or they become prominent figures in the new force balanced galaxy right Mm -hmm, they you know maybe he goes and does his thing and she goes and does her thing and they don't necessarily like hang out all the time but you know they have some type of respect for each other and but neither one's gonna get banished beyond the wall to the north probably i i don't see ray joining the night's watch um nor do I see Kylo uh, having that, you know. So okay, um, right. gotcha. 
so other stuff with Ray though, because we do have to talk about Ray. So first of all, uh, before we talk about her origin, which is a big conversation, her training. So I don't really have much to say on that, except that I think that we are going to see some training. And I think that she will be trained by, maybe she'll pour over like all those books that she took mm-hmm. uh, in the Millennium Falcon. It, it would seem strange if like there was zero reference to them at all after all that. Right. But I think that Luke as a force ghost will be training her. And I actually think that there is a really good chance that Yoda and Obi-Wan, their force ghosts, will be there as well uh, okay. helping. Even if they just pop in less often than Luke. Yeah, because in, in one of the first trailers is that scene where she's in the desert. Yes. And then you see Kylo's uh, TIE fighter in or the is distance. It Kylo's TIE fighter. Or is it? But I don't know. Who else would it be, I really? A, I have a theory. The I have a theory that I'll get to later. Okay, but that yeah. scene. <laughs> it's probably. You know, that, that's the one that kind of started the whole training thing. And then, you know, people are saying, oh, that scene where she's running through the jungle and stuff, that was training, too. It's, it's hard to tell. It is hard to tell. But I think that. A, they want to put a training montage at least in there. <laughs> okay, Baby Yoda. Love uh, they want to they want to put a training montage in there because there was like all this backlash about Ray like being so powerful without any training and blah blah blah. I just feel like they'll give those people something right. um, to satisfy them, and more importantly, in the trailer in. Over that scene that you just described, which was, I think, the first trailer that we right. got. Luke's it was like the first opening scene of the trailer. Yeah, Luke's voiceover says, we've passed on all we know. Right. So that says to me that she received training from more than one person who is able to train her in the ways of the Force. Uh, and so that says to me, Luke, Yoda, Obi-Wan. Do we have any idea... We don't have to Google it. I'm just going to ask, and you can say yes or no. Do we have any idea on the amount of time that's passed between Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker? No, but I am. I feel confident that it'll be a significant period of time, like even a year. Like yeah. it might just be like a couple months, but I, I, I feel like with the stuff that the movie has to do, especially in terms of the resistance gathering yeah. more it's not like they're all just stuff. gonna go home and but i'm gonna go on vacation i gotta redo yeah. my backyard in fact but, it might even be a few years yeah. uh but i'm gonna say like if i had to put a bet on it i'd say like about a year a year and a half okay that's what i would say so okay so now so that there we've is done, time for her to get the training and all that yeah so now that we've done ray's training theories I well guess. there's another thing too uh speaking of trailer voiceovers uh mm-hmm. one of the trailers had snoke uh, as the voiceover, let me find my paper. And he says the words, "When I found you, I saw raw, untamed power." You know, is that from this movie or the Last Jedi trailer? Because I didn't see that in any trailers for the last uh, for uh, this movie. It Rise might have been the last movie, but it's still. I think it was no. I think I know what you're talking about, and it was a trailer for the Last Jedi. Okay. Um, and that that maybe that was dialogue that was cut from the final version of the movie. But that is the basis of some theories about, like, how, you know, Ray is connected to, to different people and, and yeah. Sith. Yeah, they said that, like might, that. that might be uh, more yeah. towards Ray versus Kylo. Yeah. But just and one more note on her training. Like, I think that Luke is definitely going to have a significant role in this movie, even if it's not huge. 
and he he is the mentor character now you know um that's who he who he is in this story now because he's the older you know veteran uh, like jedi who's there to pass on his knowledge which i think is good and you know he as much as i would love to see you know luke in another lightsaber fight and like kick butt like that's just his role now and so i think that as a force ghost that allows him uh, that's a way to keep him from see because look if luke was still alive honestly everybody's going to want the movie to be about luke and luke kicking butt maybe not everybody but i think a significant portion of the he, fan he base... looked mighty fine in the end of the last jedi when he had cut his hair and he did. cut his beard and stuff he looked you know but that he just de-aged himself and then there's another question i i had that they should have seen um it's like where in the last movie rise or last jedi um luke is training ray and he says i've seen this raw strength only once before it didn't scare me enough then it does now yeah now who's he talking about i think he's talking about about kylo well that's the thing there is no definitive answer yet so let's talk a little bit more about ray okay uh and her origin uh before we get lost in the weeds here uh (laughs) so so first of all, what do you think Ray's origin is, and what will it be revealed uh, uh, to be in this movie, and how will that tie into the story? Okay, I can't really say I'm one hundred percent positive, but a lot of I really don't want her to be another Skywalker. Agreed. We've had enough of that because all that's going to do is start another trilogy. You know, it's like, it's the rise of Skywalker means, you know, I, I don't want more Skywalkers. Interesting. Okay. It's like the, the family has already taken up uh, 75% of the entire movie, you know, Star Wars world so far. I think if we're going to get into predictions just yet, I don't know if we want to do that yet, but... I'm kind of leaning more towards uh, her being a Palpatine, a Palpatina, tiny Palpatina. So, like, maybe his granddaughter? Yeah, because she was born 11 years after uh, he died, supposedly, from what uh, I mm-hmm. heard. Right around so that time. So she can't, mm-hmm. can't be his daughter. But there is, like we talked about in the past couple episodes we recorded, there's a whole lot of cloning going on in the Star Wars world. So she could be maybe, uh, what if she's a female clone? Of? Palpatine himself. Wouldn't that be weird? Or like his DNA, like in a female body. I don't know how you'd do that, but mm-hmm. that would be weird. Well, you know, it's, uh, it's possible that he contributed some DNA or something. But if, um... it's not, if she's not a Skywalker, what would she be? If she's not a Palpatine or a Skywalker, what would she be? Well, she's so not here's... a Yoda. So here's what I think. So here's some options, okay? So she is either secretly a descendant of a Skywalker or Palpatine or like a Kenobi. I don't think, I think Kenobi's like uh, the least likely of those. In which case Kylo lied to her or he was wrong about what he said. Right. She could just be the daughter of nobody special, uh, in which case Kylo was 100% right. Um, and that will make most of the people 
walk out of the theater in a rage. Well, you know, similar <laughs> to you, I don't want her to be a Skywalker. Right. Or even a Palpatine because I don't want I don't want this trilogy of movies to set this precedent that the only people who can be powerful force user users yeah, who can are be heroes two are like di- like you have to be born of some special dynasty to do that. Right. Right. I don't I don't like that. I really like the idea that she's like nobody special. Uh, on the other hand, this is my theory. I think that she is a clone made by Palpatine, and you could mm-hmm. say who she a clone of. Maybe you know Palpatine contributed, you know, his X chromosome, and he, and he you know found some other you know Force user to use for the other half or something. But you know there is a history of Palpatine in the old books that mm-hmm. aren't canon anymore using clones to. Uh, extend his life uh in 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 one or two of them he was in in like some stories he uh put his own life force into a clone uh so that he could live on but the idea is also there that it's like really difficult to create clones that are force sensitive yeah so that would be a good reason for him to like you know take genetic material from himself and whoever else who's already a force user but I don't think that this would mean she is like a like secretly a Skywalker or something. She could be like a creation of Palpatine in a way. And I think that when you go back to that opera scene that we were talking about from Attack of the Clones, clearly I think Palpatine was the apprentice of Darth Plagueis and that he learned those secret powers. And it's also possible that like we were saying, he even created Anakin or was the one to, you know, create that so-called Immaculate Conception using these special secret powers of his, right? right? And so possibly he did the same thing to create Rey or, you know, the initial version of Rey, I guess you could say. And so I, I think that there's a lot to this clone theory. So so let's see. So that So then that ties into... That ties into Palpatine, I think, right? right? So, so you know, you had sent me this video about the, these theories about how Rey is connected to Palpatine, and I think that the guy's theory in the video was—I I can't remember the name of the channel or anything—but I think that the theory was uh, she was like his granddaughter. I, I don't think that's true, but I do think some of the evidence he presented was supports my theory. Also, for example, her theme is very, very... Her musical theme in Star Wars is very, very similar to Palpatine's theme. Yeah, and it's like they actually go into it. It's Nerd Soup, I believe. Okay, is, thanks. Is the name of the, the site. But that, that is that something that they do. I mean, John Williams, like, well, for, yeah, for but... Anakin's theme, he inverted the Darth Vader theme. Okay. So that's, like, the type of stuff that they definitely do. Okay, well, anyway, they, he, they found a correlation, like, the notes are very similar to, like, the theme music for Ray, the theme music of Palpatine. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. There's there's a lot of things that go into the fighting styles. When you see Palpatine and Ray fight, they have very similar styles. Uh, they adapt to a lot of different fighting styles, and Ray doesn't have really any training, so she's she's got to adapt to basically her That's life minute by that. minute. But they... they they showed that scene where they like hold the lightsaber with two hands and jab it forward like a spear almost. And some people are saying, well, well, that's similar fighting styles that maybe if it is a clone, maybe 
uh, Palpatine in Ray's body is slowly remembering who she he is. Oh, that's interesting. I think that's really interesting. And I that would tie into the whole, <laughs> the whole uh, gender thing going on in the world today. How does Ray identify? Okay, <laughs> you know, it's very I, political. I, it's an interesting theory, but I think it's really, really far fetched. Um, and but I do think there is something to be said for her her fighting style. But but please continue. Um, I think I was. So I'm so stupid. I'm not, like I said, I, I watch the movies. I really don't get into any of the other canon stuff that's not in the movies, like all the books and magazines and stuff. And a lot of the theories we're seeing boil up to the surface have been revealed in books here or the Clone Wars over here and this and that. And out of all the Star Wars stuff that exists, how much of it is canon and how much isn't? It's hard to tell unless someone actually says, oh, that's not canon. Well, they did. So, yeah, um, but I mean, just out of everything, there's a lot of these theories that are kind of tying in. Like the, oh, clone, sure. the clone theory you mentioned earlier wasn't, you know, it became uncanonized. But I think in the end, I think Ray's going to get a purple lightsaber. <laughs> Interesting. Because I was just watching the videos today and I, you know, Mace Windu has the purple lightsaber. And in mm-hmm. a video I was watching said, oh yeah, he has a particular... He can control and is attuned to both sides of the force. Yeah, it's. I think uh, I read something about that in his particular fighting style that he mastered. Uh, yeah. Channels both the light and the dark sides of the force. So that and is really. When I heard that, my brain like snapped awake, and I was like, "Oh yeah, because red and blue make purple." <laughs> they so do. I think Ray is going to because she like she, like you said we're gonna see. What's this about this dark ray? And is she going to go towards the light? Which way is she going to go? I think she's going to become, you know, attuned to both sides. This whole gray order thing is going to come into light. And she's going to, you know, introduce the new era of the Force. And on that note, uh, I would not be surprised if Mace Windu actually does show up in the movie. Because we didn't technically see him die anymore. He just got blown out a window, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this so, shit happens all the time. <laughs> all the time. All the time. You see the Matrix? <laughs> Come on. So, okay, so um, so all this stuff we're talking about, Ray, definitely ties into Palpatine, right? Yeah. So let's talk about Palpatine a little bit and then how he's connected with Ray. Because I think that, look, if you want to say that uh, her fighting style shows some similarities to Palpatine and that could indicate some connection, I would agree with you. But I would say that, to me, if it means anything at all— it could it probably means something more like when she was a little kid before she got taken to Jakku by her quote unquote family she uh, did receive some training uh probably from either palpatine or his people uh and so you're talking she, specifically lightsaber training in some sort of weapon uh okay. and and therefore you know she retains some of that uh some of that skill that she practiced with when she was right. like a little wee uh babe and and as we know, the Jedi used to train kids starting from an extremely young age, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we saw them in uh, in Revenge of the Sith. And then sometimes they would murder a bunch of them. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so Palpatine. Now, uh, we talked about how he, at least in the expanded universe, or legends as they're calling him now, he was known to use clones to extend his life. You know, maybe he used clones to save himself after the injury, or... I've been wondering... 
So here's the other thing that I, I've been theorizing about Palpatine. So it could be that he is using clones to try and create a new body for himself, one that is, you know, super powerful in the Force, mm-hmm. and as has been established, at least in some of the books that aren't necessarily canon anymore, but it's out there, it is hard to make clones with Force sensitivity. But maybe he found a child where that worked, or he had, you know, the Kaminoans, like, create one where it, where it was Force-sensitive, but yet, you know, it wasn't necessarily perfect on the first try for his purposes, you know, the Ray child. And so maybe he then cloned her repeatedly, trying to get the perfect one. And then, this, this is all just me theorizing, spinning, you know, tinfoil right. out of the air. Uh, then maybe he, he cloned one who was more powerful than the rest. Some, but then somebody on the project, you know, had compassion for her and didn't want Palpatine to go through this dark ritual or whatever it was. So they and abducted her, flew off to Jakku, and left her there in safe with hands. With Ankar Plutt. Well, yeah. And then, and then I thought when I was typing up these notes, holy shit, what if that person is an older Dr. Pershing? From the Mandalorian. Oh no! Holy what? I mean, I doubt <laughs> that would be fucking crazy. <laughs> but that would be crazy, wouldn't it? And I, I just said fucking. So it's cool. So then, <laughs> so then he's so then at that point he's like, okay, well that one got away. I don't know where it is. I'm gonna have to try again, right? And so then, you know, eventually he comes up with one that becomes like his apprentice or something. But this would also explain. The shot from the trailer where Ray is like in a dark Sith cloak with a facial scar with the red lightsaber that folds out because... Or maybe she's in the dark cloak with the scar because she is still the vessel that Palpatine is looking for. Well, yes. I mean, um, she could be Palpatine in that that. Yeah, so we're not seeing a dark Ray. We're seeing Ray, you know, being taken over. By Palpatine. Um, I, I want to say that if something like that happens, this is just my opinion, uh, my theory, that it, he will do that to a clone and we'll get like a, a Ray versus Dark Ray like lightsaber battle or something. Um, which kind of goes back to the last movie where she's down there in the cave with that ice exactly. wall or the mirror wall. Exactly. So that's the other thing that it would kind of validate, right, is this vision she had in that like dark side cave on Octu uh, where she, where she it did not show her parents, but right. like these like infinite mirror images of herself, and so that right. to me, like it could fit with this whole cloning uh, theory that I have, right? I saw a, uh, another weird theory where it's like before she actually sees herself revealed in the wall, it's like people saw like multiple figures, and I didn't, I haven't really looked into it much, but they were just like, oh yeah, one of them looks kind of like. You could kind of see it as a Darth Vader, but it's almost more like a Wookiee. No, there's, I mean, there is a moment where she approaches the, like, the final ice wall or whatever, and she sees two shadows turn into one shadow, which turns into her. Uh, But I, those shadows are totally indistinct. Neither of them look like Vader or a Wookiee to me. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know how people like look at stuff and zoom in real far. And go, hmm. Oh yeah, that's definitely Solo and Chewbacca. <laughs> so those you are know. her parents, Solo and Chewbacca. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was just a theory that I saw. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't prescribe to it, but well, it is an intriguing theory. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then some. They pointed out like when she snaps her fingers, if it was a true mirror, 
all of those snaps for all of her reflections would yeah. be instantaneous, but they kind of... Yeah. So that's why they say it's a clone thing. So Yeah. So, yeah, did you have any other thoughts on this and this Ray clone theory before we move on to more Palpatine stuff? Kind of. It's like how uh, Jango Fett created Boba Fett, which is his own clone. Right, right. So if Jango Fett can create a clone of himself... Why couldn't Palpatine? Well, he could, and he you definitely know. was the one who had been working with the Kaminoans in those, right. you know, prequels or leading up to the prequel movies. Uh, it, but the thing is, since she is female, it's not going to be a straight-up clone of Palpatine. He at least needs like one other person to provide right. like another X chromosome, right? So that is possible. Um, that yeah, because you never see Palpatine with the female. There's never any inkling of a reference to mm-hmm. a relationship in any way. So yeah, it's like we couldn't even choose who the female would be. But, I mean, clones aren't just heavily pointed to in the movies. I mean, they are a huge part of Star Wars history. Yeah. So I think they should be kind of more commonplace. So I think they're definitely going to take a part, take a role in this story. Well, it could be, you know, uh, so I guess we'll find out, but let's, so let's talk a little bit about, um, uh, Palpatine because obviously he's going to be in the story. He's been like, his voice has been in like all the trailers, mm-hmm. you know, which is really interesting. Now and they kind of, they almost kind of show, it's almost like when, uh, Ray and Kylo are on the Death Star in the old throne room, it's almost looks like the camera's like looking over the shoulder of what could possibly be Palpatine either sitting on something there, or... Yeah, there is a shot of him like sitting on a throne-like thing like over shoulder and it makes... Like the way it was shot for some reason, the what he occurred, looked, what occurred to really me... He looked really high in the air. Yeah, he looked really high in the air. So it occurred to me that either he's like on a floating dais mm-hmm. or maybe he's on like a... Like one of those like walking mechs or something. A mech warrior. Oh my golly. Oh my golly goshness. Uh, <laughs> but so uh, that's possible. But like, I assume his goal is to like regain his power as leader of the new empire, which is like now the first order and to extend his life and be the most powerful force user in the galaxy. That just seems like the sort of thing that he would want yeah, to do. Yeah. And that's the thing. Cause if he, if, if they find him sitting on the death star, he's been there for how many years? Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe he still had, maybe when the Death Star crashed, maybe there was still enough stuff he could put together. Maybe he built something that he's riding in or on that uh, he can use to capture yeah. and entangle Ray to... Well, and at this point, right, he's super, he's got to be, like, really old. Yeah. Um, and possibly maimed from his fall in Return uh-huh. of the Jedi. So if he's not initially in a new body you know he's seeking a way to rejuvenate himself i think maybe maybe he general grievous himself (laughs) possible i mean or put himself in a robot well he yeah i mean general grievous darth vader it seems to be a thing that they do uh but the thing is yeah i i think that then when we first see him that he is going to be like really old and really messed up basically Mm -hmm. and he might even have a new apprentice in Dark Ray prior to mm-hmm. possibly doing something to put himself into her and take over her body. And he may, you mean may also in a non-sexual manner. It, right? Yes, I'm. I'm sorry, but, in a but still fully consensual. Probably not, I would think. But like, mm. because if we're gonna have some problems with this, then if he's trying to extend his life, 
it seems to me that he's seeking a new body, right? And that is probably the whole point of creating all those rays, if this theory holds up. Right. Right. That's that's just the way that I'm thinking. I mean, he might even make a play to like co-opt Kylo and like get him as a new apprentice or something. Uh, I would not put that past him. But yeah, it's it's interesting. Like I said earlier, you see the the scenes of Kylo and Rey fighting together, fighting against each other, fighting together, fighting against each other. So I wonder if like that scene where they're fighting in the sea on that piece of wreckage sticking out of the water, if maybe they're in the X-wing together, they go to the Death Star. They find Palpatine. He does whatever, and maybe he turns Kylo against Rey. There's so many different ways the story yeah. could go. Yeah, which I love, you know, yeah. which I really love. But um, I think that there is a chance that at some point during the movie, Palpatine will at least attempt to transfer his consciousness into the the new, like the Dark Ray, if we're going to call her that. Right. Uh, if he hasn't, like, done that already. It's possible. It seems kind of convoluted, but I think that it it at minimum she's like his apprentice. Or will we see Palpatine at all? Maybe he already has put himself in dark ray because they never show right. his face or anything. Exactly. Maybe, maybe that thing that we're looking at and he over could the shoulder easily, view could yes, be the dark ray. And he could easily use the force to like create a projection of his like older self or something. You right. know what I mean? Um, wow. So that that is possible. I think that is uh, totally uh, feasible. For the movie to do what other thoughts do you have on palpatine and or palpatine and ray i don't know there's there's so many things and there's so many theories out there like you read 40 theories on one you read 40 theories on another and if you keep reading you can pretty much be convinced that anything could happen yeah you know so so just a couple other things i think we uh need to cover before we get into like our final thoughts and predictions and um one of those is how will the conflict between the resistance and the new order conclude? Because this is one of the central conflicts of the entire uh, trilogy. And even if you think about it, the trilogy of trilogies, right? The whole saga. Yeah. So, I mean, well, let me get your thoughts on that first. Like, what do you think? How the, how's oh, that going to pan out? That is a huge question. There's, there's, <laughs> I mean, there's still armies. There's plenty of armies out there that are on one side or the other. So I don't know how exactly they could really do one thing that could either unite or, you know, split apart yeah. what's left and make them come together in another way. So, yeah, I don't I, know. There's probably still going to be good and bad, but I think the, the story here is less about finding order and balance in the whole world. I think it's going to be finding order and balance in the force agreed and, because and i think from that, there that could open up a whole new yeah i think that even though trilogy. you know there's a there's this idea of finding balance in the force it still is a story about good and evil right and the new order clearly is the, are the evil ones <laughs> yeah so i think that this is actually the easiest part of the movie to predict to be honest i think that we're going to have a huge battle It'll be like a spaceship battle. It'll probably be intercut with the final battle between Rey and Palpatine or whoever, Kylo. There will be... I'm kind of using Return of the Jedi as my model here a little right. bit. Uh, but I, there will be a happy ending in the sense that the Resistance will win. But I think there will be a hint of evil that remains, you know, danger that it yeah, will rear its head again one day. It's happened before. 
Yeah. Um, I, so I think that over the course of the movie, the Resistance will muster a lot of allies. They'll have some all-or-nothing effort. Uh, the Resistance will have a clever plan. The you know the First Order might let, is going to throw a huge wrench in things, but ultimately you know the Resistance will come out on top somehow. That's yeah. what I think. Do you agree or? Oh yeah, I, that something has to happen in in the end that's good. But if you watch the trailers, there's just so much going on between all the different trailers. You know, there's stuff going on in space. There's stuff going down down on the ground. There's stuff going on in the ocean, mm-hmm. and seeing it all come together because there's another what dozen major players in this story oh, yeah. that we haven't even named in this podcast yet. There's so <laughs> much more story, and I. Honestly, this movie needs to be three and a half hours long. And if they were doing it right, they should have made it three and a half hours long. But I'll be happy with two and a half. I don't know. Do, do we know a runtime? Uh, well, let me see if it says on IMDb. It I says mean, cause honestly, two, this is a. It says two hours and twenty-one minutes. Ugh, okay. All right. Yeah, that's a lot of cramming. It is. So, also, just one last thing to touch on. Uh, real quick is like that that thing in the trailer where C-3PO has like the red eyes and they oh, ask him that what, is, what that he's is doing. That is actually one of the most disturbing things I've seen. Oh yeah? You know. How so? Well, just because we all know who C-3PO is. Yeah, yeah. And we, we all know that he would do anything for his friends and it's it's funny because Poe's sitting there and he's like, what you doing there, C-3PO? He's just, I'm mm-hmm. just looking at my friends one last time. And yeah. it's like, okay, so something's going on, and we're going to probably see C-3PO die. Um, Possibly. You know, I have this feeling that it will, it, that it could turn into a callback to the fact that Anakin's the one who built him in the first place. So maybe there's, like, some hidden, like, mode that he can tap into where he can, like, pilot all these ships in the, bat in the la- you know, in this big battle or something like that. Because, you know, know, maybe he was originally programmed to help with something to do with pod racing or something. I don't know. But, like, I just... I don't know. But it's just, like, well, I was listening to a podcast and they were discussing it. They were discussing all the trailers and theories and stuff. And they're like, does, you know, C-3PO, he obviously seems to be cognizant of what's happening to him but Mm. is he a willing participant you know so maybe he's being Mm. used against them yeah i i have to i mean even if it's not initially his idea i have to believe that you know they're not doing something like major to him against his consent uh, just because that would just seem really weird in this type of movie um but it is an interesting point uh whether it was his idea or not or maybe it's they find out he's has to do something and he's the only one that can do it in order to save the rest of them yeah I which mean, is it's, something he'd be willing to do and he would sacrifice himself in an instant i think he would you know i think he would and um i mean other than that i but think the red eye thing still has me you know kind of mm-hmm. confused i think yeah I, I guess we'll have to find out i mean um i don't have anything else that's real specific that i'm theorizing about that just what i've said so far i no. mean you know that we're going to see some lightsaber battles uh-huh. Um, so I'm predicting, you know, Kylo versus Ray, Kylo and or Ray versus Palpatine, Ray versus Dark Ray. That would be really cool. Um, other than that, though, is there any other living character with a lightsaber that could actually participate in a battle with a lightsaber? Other than I don't think so. There are two outside chances. 
Okay, mm-hmm. there's two outside chances here that I wanted to ask you about. So there's Mace Windu, who we've mentioned before, and I would not be surprised if we saw him, and that would be a huge crowd-pleasing moment, I think, if he came back, you know, Samuel Especially L. Jackson. Especially if Samuel Jackson drops his second mother f- in a Disney movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be hilarious. I don't see it happening, but it would be hilarious. Now, the other character who I think could maybe show up, and I think this is less likely than Mace Windu, actually, but there's uh, Asuka Tano, who was Anakin's Padawan uh, during the Clone Wars series, and uh, she's uh, detailed in some other books and things, too. Hmm. Uh, yeah, see, that's that's one thing I, I don't like about the other... Because, I mean, some of the stuff that happened in the computer games and stuff is canon and some is not, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, I wish like the movie canon stuff would kind of all just rely on the movie. Cause if they bring in someone from another book or something that I've never read, I'm going to know nothing about her. So I think at the end of the trilogy, it'd be kind of silly to bring in this one character that maybe 15% of all star Wars fans are familiar with. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree, and that's why I think it's a really long it's, stretch. It's not very, yeah, it's kind of a stretch. Uh, but I, I, again, I would not be surprised if Mace Windu showed up, and I think that would be like super awesome, especially if he shows up like <laughs> right when the resistance needs him most, you know, and he brings like a whole like squadron with him. Like, I was how surprised. Awesome would that be? I was surprised when he showed up with the lightsaber the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I just I think that would be awesome. So okay. Yeah. So with that all said, what are your final thoughts and predictions and theories about Rise of Skywalker? Okay, uh, like I hinted at earlier, I think Rey is going to the rise to power. Somehow she is Palpatine's descendant in some way or clone. And as such, she's going to defeat him and be the heir to the Empire She's going to rise up and wielding control of both the light and dark sides with her purple lightsaber and her gray cloak. She's going to usher in a new age with the gray order or whatever to uh, bring balance order to the galaxy and um, C-3PO and Princess Leia are going to die. <laughs> okay. And okay. Poe Dameron and uh, Finn mm-hmm. are going to go off together into the sunset. Holding hands, smooching. Yeah, because Ray doesn't have time for that shit. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, that's cool. I mean, um, I, I don't agree with all of that, uh, as I've mentioned previously, but that is that is interesting. So, I actually wrote out a prediction, Ooh. like synopsis of the plot of the whole movie. Like, <laughs> okay. I did it in like. 15 you minutes wrote, you wrote your own script <laughs> <laughs> not a script it's just a summary but it's like right. i wrote it in like 15 minutes right before we started recording so it's not introducing am... all new characters and woo. <laughs> right no can I'm... we get one more death star please <laughs> right actually i wrote at some point please no more death stars uh but like i'm i'm certain that th- there's no way that i'm 100 percent correct about this uh, and I think that if I spent like a couple more days on it, I could probably get closer. But this is this would be my best guess. But if you are, go ahead and just save a copy of this uh, uh, podcast and mail it to George Lucas today. Yeah, hear me now. Quote me later. <laughs> hear me now. Quote me later. So this is this is what I came up with. I, I want to know what you think. At the very least, you know, it might be entertaining. So <clears throat> here we go. I'm going to read it. Ray trains in the ways of the Force, and some. I don't like it. 
<laughs> okay, that's that's it, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Becca Dragon. Okay. No. Carry on. <laughs> okay, here we go. <clears throat> Ray trains in the ways of the Force in some remote location. Meanwhile, Finn and Poe work with the Resistance to recruit more allies and formulate a big plan to take down the First Order. Uh, in parentheses, please, no more Death Stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, they mean to strike at the heart of the First Order and fatally break it apart. At some point, Lando will have a stylish entrance and say something like, I heard you needed some help. Uh, Ray That's has a- my line. Yeah. Ray has a disturbing vision and returns to the Resistance base and her friends to mount a special mission. The vision leads them to the ruins of the Death Star, which has crashed into the ocean of either Endor or, according to this article that IGN did, a moon called Kef Beer, which is presumably in the same system as Endor, since that's when the Death Star exploded. Or maybe the same system as Yavin. Uh, Ray will travel there with Finn, Poe, BB-8, Chewie, and C-3PO. Exploring the inside of the Death Star for whatever she saw in her visions, they will encounter Dark Ray, which will blow everyone's minds. Right. The Emperor shows himself. Fleeing, they are confronted by Kylo Ren, who maybe had his own visions that led him there. Uh, it becomes a space chase as our heroes flee. Kylo and Dark Ray are after Ray, so she splits from the rest so they can escape. Uh, whatever ship she's flying ends up crashing onto a desert planet, but Dark Ray or Kylo follow and try to run her down in the desert in that scene from the trailers. Mm. Uh, after bringing the intel they found to the Resistance base, Finn and Poe head to the desert planet to help Ray while the Resistance gears up for its big attack. They know that they have no chance of success without her, or at least maybe like Finn will argue that, that she's essential to the plan for some reason. On the desert planet... They save Rey from near certain death at the hands of her double, who escapes. The big attack is beginning, so they need to get Rey to the Emperor to cut off the snake's head, so to speak, while the Resistance takes care of the rest. But now it's Rey versus Kylo and Dark Rey and Palpatine. (laughs) The Resistance forces look woefully outmatched by the First Order, who sprang their own trap first. It all seems hopeless. Uh, The battle engages in space and in Palpatine's lair. Finn and maybe that new little droid that we see in the trailers help Rey as much as they can, but it's her battle. Kylo and Rey have an intimate battle. Uh, Anakin's... Anakin's force ghost appears at a crucial moment and convinces Kylo not to trust Palpatine and Dark Ray. Uh, Ky- and at some point, you know, Palpatine might actually become Dark Ray. Uh, Kylo and Ray then join forces against them. Kylo then, because of Anakin's intervention, sacrifices himself so Ray can win the fight. Intercut with this battle is the big space battle. Poe and BB-8 are kicking butt in his X-Wing, uh, but the situation is grim. Now, after Anakin appears, reinforcements will arrive for the Resistance. So that's when maybe, like, Mace Windu and, like, his squadron or whatever shows up, uh, plus everyone who was inspired by the legend of Luke Skywalker. It'll be a huge moment. Every ally you've ever seen in a Star Wars movie and more is going to show up. Um, As Rey conquers her dark side version, which might even be Palpatine at this point, and finally Palpatine, if he's not the same, the Resistance will blow up the First Order's, like, central Star Destroyer or whatever their plan was, and we get the victory. Some key evil figure escapes with revenge in their eyes, cut to the after party with Ewoks or whoever, and cue credits. Just a little something you whipped up while you are on the toilet? <laughs> More or less. No, I did. It did take me, like, 15 minutes to type it all out. Yeah. But 
I mean, it, it is just a guess, but I think that I think that chunks of it at least will be correct. What do, what do you think? Um, as far as the Death Star, I, I just have a feeling that because the way that X-wing was skipping across the ocean, going towards the Death Star, it looked like that was their last chance to get to the Death Star. It's not like, hey, all guys, let's all join together and hop in the mystery van and we're going to skip on over to the Death Star. I think it's, like I said earlier, it might just be Rey and Kylo because I don't know how many more fe- people you could fit in an X-Wing. Just and they and have to, and they're like, yeah, they're down to, uh, you know, they're desperate and they need to get there mm-hmm. for some reason. And that's why all the scenes that are on the Death Star show, just Kylo and Ren, Mm. Or I wonder. I wonder what the chances. You're making me think about the the whole like Death Star in that like scene right now. It's making me think. What are the chances that they have to blow up the Death Star again? But like the Death Star <laughs> that already blew up. We gotta build it. We gotta rebuild it. <laughs> you know. No, I just mean I, like I, I. I like how you all. Oh, go ahead. Finish the Death Star part. Well, I mean, I I just mean that like you know if. Palpatine is using the like you know the old pieces of the Death Star as like his base now like what are the chances that they actually have to destroy what's left over from the Death Star you know what I mean wouldn't it suck if Palpatine was stuck on the Death Star because he can't swim (laughs) and nobody else lived (laughs) he's he's... out there he's like damn it (laughs) <laughs> and i like how you worked in the avengers endgame thing where all of the allies showed up in the oh end i think to, i mean i think I, I you know that's not just an endgame thing although they did that really really well i just think that you know at the end of the last jedi they left the resistance like they're screwed i mean right. things were dark there's like a handful of them left it was like basically as many people that could fit on the millennium falcon right <laughs> that's how many were left so a, that's one reason why I think the movie picks up like a year or two after mm-hmm. the last movie, but also why they're still going to be relatively small in number compared to the First Order or even compared to what they were previously. Um, and that's why they're going to need like more friends to show up at some point. Right. You know, even though by the time the movie starts, I think they will have rebuilt their numbers to some degree. There's st- there's no way they're not outnumbered by the first order still. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um Yeah, that's interesting and I like uh you even brought the Ewoks in who wouldn't just want an entire the... Ewok movie. I was, I was Hell kidding. Yes. But you know Bring what? It on. Well, you know they did two Ewok movies. Uh they don't matter. But I wouldn't be surprised if we like saw one Ewok like in the middle of the fight somewhere, you know, at some yeah. point, I would not be surprised. <laughs> kind of like uh, Howard the Duck in Endgame. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. Um, that was that made me hate that movie. <laughs> sorry, but um, <laughs> but yeah. Any any further thoughts on this little oh. prediction synopsis I hurriedly put together? Yeah, I don't know. That's that was. I'd have to rewind and let's do it again. But no, that was uh, very interesting. But I, it's the end of the Skywalker saga. It's the mm-hmm. end of the story. I don't know if we're going to have uh, the introduction of a new evil. Because that's just going to continue the story. 
Like mm-hmm. I said, some new bad guy raises his head and then uh, party with Ewoks, roll credits. Now, alternately, it, this just occurred to me. Like, I, I had that whole idea that Anakin's Force Ghost shows up at a critical moment in the climax and, like, convinces Kylo to yada yada. It's possible that instead of convincing Kylo, maybe Kylo just can't handle it, you know, and he doesn't, he he's not convinced by Anakin. But maybe Anakin says something that Rey really latches onto and inspires her or, you know, whatever it is that allows her to... Uh, succeed that's that's a possibility in my mind also but i feel like i feel like kylo will be a will make sort of a tragic sacrifice that redeems himself i just have this feeling yeah his character arc is still up in the air i have no idea what's going to happen with kylo and that's that's what i said it's like that's why i think it's more of a ray centric uh trilogy Versus a Kylo centric because we haven't really even talked about Kylo that much. Because... I think that that victory or failure will revolve around Rey and Kylo and Finn and Poe. I think that those four characters. Now, I I think that I I have a hard time understanding or predicting what Finn's major role could be, other than being like Rey's bestie. Well, um, what about what what's the the girl's name that kissed? Finn, oh, uh, Rose? Yeah. Yeah, she's definitely in the movie, and I didn't work her into the predictions because, I have again, I have no clue what her role is going to be other than being, like... That's racist. Like, support character for Finn. Come on. (laughs) No, I just just don't know. I just really don't know what they're going to do with her character. I I hope they do something substantial with it, but I, I don't... Like, I wonder if it'll be a situation where, like, he, like, Finn and Rose do some crucial, like, component of the mission together. You know what I mean? While yeah. everybody, like, like okay, you have the Resistance versus the First Order, like, huge space battle. I think Lando is going to be a big part of that in the Millennium Falcon. And then you have Rey versus, like, the other Force people, right? With Kylo and Kylo possibly backing up Rey at some point right down there. And then you have Poe doing his piloting thing because that's who he is. That, like, he's the, the crack shot pilot, you right. know? Uh, and then Finn, I'm not sure. He does have an important connection to Ray, but I don't see him being very much help in the lightsaber battles. Um, yeah, you know, versus the Force user. So I wonder if he's got a separate mission with Rose, maybe. You know, yeah, maybe to infiltrate some base or something. I don't know. Yeah, maybe they have to go and do something like. Maybe undercut- he could use his old uh, stormtrooper uh, abilities or knowledge to. I feel I feel like that should play into it because he was a stormtrooper and so his right. knowledge should be key so maybe that plays into it but I I really I don't know what they're going to do with those characters I'm really interested to know and I hope that I hope they do something significant with Rose because I think that all the attacks that she got based on the character that was written for her to play when she took her, right. her dream job like I think that was all really disgusting Oh yeah it was this horrendous behavior. Uh, and so I, I really hope that they give her something real interesting to do. And I'm interested to know about these new characters, like the new little droid. There's a character mm-hmm. that is traveling with Finn in some of the shots, and she's she's a black woman who looks almost like a scavenger or something. Yeah, there was, there was you know, those uh, podcasts or YouTube videos, whatever, where they go through and they slow it down, go frame by frame and break <laughs> yeah. it down. There was one scene, I guess, that showed a lot of ships, 
either in space or flying into the air over a city or something. And, you know, they paused mm-hmm. it and said, well, that looks like so-and-so's ship from, from this part of the fandom. That looks like so-and-so's ship from that part of the fandom. And it's really cool that they put that stuff in there. Mm-hmm. And it is cool they're working stuff in from other fandoms. Just that I wouldn't recognize them to see them. You mean, you know? When you say other fandoms, you just mean like other Star Wars I mean, shows and things, books. Well, and... other shows or, you know, whatever else is canon. Yeah. And I that's, also that's am really in interested in the character that's being played by Carrie Russell because she's amazing. Like, I don't know if you've seen The Americans, but she no. is a tour de force in that show. And, of course, you know, she was in uh, – she's worked with J.J. Abrams before and stuff. So I think on Felicity. Didn't he do Felicity? But in any case, uh, I, I'm really I interested to see what her character is all about. She's supposedly playing some bounty hunter. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, so I think uh, I think those are really my final thoughts. I mean, I'm again, I'm just going to go into it and just try and enjoy it. I mean, I do have some standards. I definitely have some things that I would like to see, but with because Star Wars does mean so much to me, the approach that I have decided to take with it is, I don't want to hate everything. I don't want to bring unnecessary negativity into my life and i think that with all the considerations we talked about at the very beginning with they have in some ways they have an impossible task because there's no way they're going to please everybody i guarantee you there's going to be backlash about something but all i'm saying is i i know i guarantee you there will be a backlash about something yeah there uh, always is that i will probably not agree with. I'm just going off of patterns that have happened in the yeah. past with these Those movies. are the second type of people, listeners, that you need well, to remove from your life. Look, <laughs> you, you can like what you like, and I support that. Uh, it's just that, personally, my attitude is I'm trying to have as few expectations for specific things as possible, and I'm just, yeah. I'm just hoping for a good conclusion and for them to treat the whole saga with... Uh, as much respect as they reasonably can. Yeah. Uh, and to have a good time. That's what I'm going in uh, hoping for. Yeah. And that's the same same with me. Like I said, when I go to see a movie, I, I walk in the door and leave all my reservations at the door. I just want to sit down and enjoy the ride. And that's what I'm hoping to do in approximately 96 hours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I just, I just want to have a good time. And I know I'm going to enjoy it. I might not like all of it, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to like at least 90%. Yeah. Because it's Star Wars and we got a good team of directors, great cast, and a fantastic story that there's no way I'm going to be bored or not on the edge of my seat. Yeah, I have I have faith in J.J. Abrams, to be totally honest with you. I mean, yeah. he, you know, look, I, I, I'm not... I'm not I can't defend every single creative choice he's ever made. I mean, I'm sure there are times when I disagree with things that he's done, but overall, I think he's a hell of a filmmaker, a hell of a director, and I I love all the actors involved. And uh, I think I think they're, you know, I'm going to go in with a positive attitude. I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, Now, just to let the listeners know really quick, we're recording this episode on Monday, the 16th of December, 2019 AD. And, um, I'm going to try and have this episode up by Thursday, so the day before uh, the official release of the film uh, in the United States. And uh, I know there will be uh, some like midnight showings and stuff a little bit before then, but that's, I think, the day that this is going to go up. It'll definitely come out before uh, Friday. Right. 
So there we have it. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. Uh, If you enjoyed this episode or any of our other ones, please take a moment to go to Apple Podcasts or your platform of choice and leave us a five-star review and or rating. Uh, That really does help out the show. Jess, if you don't have any further comments, do you want to give everybody our social media details? Uh, no, I think I'm uh, I'm good. We covered quite a bit here. We did. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, I hope you're all as stoked about the new Star Wars film. And again, uh, Wednesday's Mandalorian. And then the final That's right. uh, finale of that show is going to be fantastic. Keep listening to us to hear what we think about all of that coming up. And you can do that by going to mechadragon.net. We got all our podcasts there. If you use a different service, you can go to uh, Anchor, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, yada, yada, yada. And like Will said, give us five-star ratings, thumbs up, tell your friends, tell everybody you know. You can do that by posting on Facebook and linking to our account as MechaDragon on Facebook. And do the same on Twitter and Instagram where we're there at Show. And if you still use emails, mechadragonshow at gmail.com. We're here, waiting here from you, waiting to talk to you about everything. So, get at us. And uh, may the Force be with you. May the Force be with you. It's Captain Will, signing out. Peace. Our music is Overworld by Kevin McLeod from incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 3.0